And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Eric B., multidisciplinary artist, conscious dimensional traveler, and 9-11 survivor who saw an angel during his near-death experience. Eric, thank you for joining me, and welcome back. Well, thank you for having me back. Let's start on the day that your NDE happened and go from there. It happened when I was uh, 10 years old, and that, was, that would be in 1975. I, uh, I was with my, uh, my father and my brother, and uh, my mother had left to go to uh, South America, and she basically phoned my father to tell him uh, a few that the relationship was over. And my father just flipped and uh, he got really violent. And, and he was about to, uh, to actually commit a murder and to, to kill basically my, my brother and me. And it was a horrible scene. I'm not gonna give too many details. But uh, I saw when I saw uh, there was a huge, uh, I think it's called the stained glass from a church in in the apartment where we were uh, living and uh, it moved. It actually was pushed. I, I saw it being pushed from, I don't know exactly what pushed it. I, at that time, I didn't know because I was 10 years old. And the thing just fell in front of my father, who was at that exact moment going to start the mass murder, basically. And the whole scene just stopped. Everything stopped. And uh, my, bro my brother ran away uh, in the snow, with no shoes. And uh, actually, after that, I ran away in the, uh, in, in the snow. And... Uh, a few hours after that, we came back to the apartment and my, my father had left for good. For, for many years, I didn't see him after that. And I did uh, see him. Uh, you know, I, we went to live with some uh, in a foster home. We, we were raised in foster home. Uh, but much later, I met my father and I, uh, and, uh, I talked to this. Uh, I talked to him about this event and I said to him, uh, uh, were you planning on killing us? And he, he actually didn't deny it and said, yes. I said, oh, I was actually happy he told me because I knew it inside, but I, I was happy he didn't deny it. And he said, yes, that's that. And uh, I remember there was this really bad energy in the, in the apartment. It was like something bad was about to happen. Some, something uh, really, you know, this, and, uh, but, this at at the time I, I i knew something mysterious had happened because this stained glass would not have fallen by itself it was and it fell right in front of it's it was the, the timing was so perfect i knew something uh there was there had been a divine intervention so that uh that event uh I think that event planted a seed in me and for the, for 
the decades that followed that event, I was trying to figure out what, what was that, what created that divine intervention? Was it an entity? And I finally did meet that entity, but I met that entity decades later. So I, I was very, and you know, so I was actually, uh, I knew it wasn't a coincidence. It couldn't have been a coincidence. So that was, uh, that was my NDE basically. Uh, it's a different kind of NDE, but it, it's an NDE. It's kind uh, of like a literal near death experience. Like you were nearly going to die and you yeah. were saved by and this divine entity instead of like an, right. an experience where you left your body and astral traveled or, or, or something like that. Right. Yeah. But it's funny because it did set that in motion. I did learn to astral travel later because I wanted to meet that entity who had saved my life. And I, later on, I could go to that part right away if you want. Sure. Uh, sure. Okay. That would be in 1985. In 1985, I, uh, I got this book. I found it. I don't remember why I got it. It, it, it said that it, it, it would tell you techniques how to get out of your body and astral travel. And I read the book and I tried it and I, it, it worked. And I actually did it. And I, I said, wow, that's easy. And uh, uh, the technique I could tell you right away is basically before you go to sleep, you just ask for this experience to happen. And you could put a little object, you know, beside your bed uh, on the table to remind you. And uh, the first night, nothing happened. I think it took like two weeks. Every night I would ask, I want to, I want to astral travel. I want to go out of my body and I want to be conscious. And that, like, Two weeks later, it happened, and I, I and it was amazing experience. The first time it happened, I was. Uh, uh, it's been so long ago. Uh, I went through the roof. Of the, the you know you, you went over the bed. I, I could see my body. Then went through the roof. Then uh, I I was, I didn't know how to move around. It was a new experience, you know, when you're, you're floating in the air and you say, okay, what, what's next? Uh, then I, I got used, of, it took many, many astral travels to get used to uh, going from one point to the other. And uh, it's still to this day when I have a, an astral travel, I'm all, I feel very clumsy because let's say, you want to go a certain place, uh, you go, you get there so fast and it's like the, the place is coming towards you. It's you, you're wondering, did I actually go there or that thing went the place I wanted to go came to me. It's, it's, it's a strange, the way it happens, it's very strange. So for, um, quite a few years, I would do this on and off and sometimes bef between the travels, years would go by, many years actually. But uh, I, what I did is I, I, um, I was in Montreal back then, and I, uh, I got involved in Hinduism, not actual Hinduism, but I, I read some books on uh, yogis, yogis from India, and I said, oh, these guys, they're really good at this. I can, you know, I in the books they. 
they have this, they tell you they can astral travel, they could can manifest things in their hands. And, and uh, so I actually met, I went to a few uh, ashrams in Montreal. There's a, there's a few, there's one in, uh, uh, in the Laurentides and then there's, there's one in Montreal, the Shivananda ashram, there's the Aurobindo. And uh, anyways, I, I read a few books and uh, I, I noticed that to, to get out of my body and to astral travel or to dimensionally travel, I had to learn a breathing technique. If you change your breathing uh, rhythm, you fall into a trance state. And once you're into the trance state, you focus on a uh, where you want to go. It's not the sometimes you don't know where you go, you want to go, but you focus, for example, on a frequency, and that frequency will bring you to that dimension where people live within that frequency. It's basically a state of mind. They live, you have to focus on a state of mind which has a certain frequency and that state of mind is actually a reality beings are actually there at first you think this is my imagination at first i thought that but after that i noticed my that they were not my imagination because um, they were following me back when i was when i would go back to my body uh, the next day or the days after that, that entity in the daytime, I would start to see them. And I, that, that's where I noticed that when I, uh, I was traveling to other dimensions, I was actually opening a portal. And a, a portal is not only a one way, it's actually two ways. When you go to uh, another dimension, you're, you're, you're signaling your presence. Now they know where you are. Uh, so it's important to to go to a nice place because after that you have to deal with visits and uh, uh, so it, it but it took me years and years of of, of trial and error bef before I got this right and I in in some of the uh, in some of, uh, of my astral travels I went to uh, horrible places which I still to the this day actually now i'm happy i went there but back then i was actually uh i, I you know there's there's some places where people uh uh they're like in a prison it's like a jail it's a lower astral they're around the earth they're they're in pain uh a lot of people there uh are i guess we could call this hell I think maybe the Christians would call this hell. There's no devil there. It's just people and they're stuck. Actually, uh, it's a sad place to be. And they, and, and they, 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 um, they lie, they cheat, they, they try to manipulate you. If you go there, they're, they're just despicable. And there's this really creepy vibe there. So you just, you know, you're on a wrong place. But I had that experience in, um, uh, and I mean, they try to abuse you. They they they, they can actually try to rape you. I mean, I've I've seen some really bad stuff. You you this kind of place you want to leave. 
Before we get too far along, there's a few questions I want to ask. When you said that every night you wanted to leave your body, were you just saying that in your mind or would you say it out loud? I would say it in my mind, but actually one day I did say it out loud with passion and I did leave my body that exact same day. I remember that experience. Actually, that's one of the, you, it's, I think it's actually better to say it out loud. Okay. And, uh, and to say it like you really mean it, you have to put an intent in it. And then uh, now I know it's, it's good to set, to, you can say, okay, I want to leave my body and I want to go to a, a nice place where there's love and there's caring people. That's also a good thing to do. You're, 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 you're setting your, it's hard to say you're controlling the thing, but you're uh, at least setting a direction for what kind of experience you want, because it's, it's really hard to, uh, it's not an exact science, it's hard to tell where you're going to, where you're going to go. And once you're in another dimension, there's no sign on the wall saying this is where you are. And you have like, where the, you know, what that, what is this? Uh, and that's, a, that's a journey by itself just to figure out what is this? And it's another, some of these realms, um, have, they have nothing to do with the physical realm. So all our, what we're used to here, there's none of that. It's another realm and totally different. And the, uh, when I, in a, one of my travels, which happened two years ago, I, uh, I, I just, I was in the, uh, a realm where it's, it was all energy, strange energy, uh, very beautiful. Uh, it's hard to, I can't even explain it. And I, I saw in a, I saw a dragon in form of energy coming towards me. It actually went through me and it was playful. I could, and I, it was trying to, uh, to get me all there because I was, I was there, but a part of me wasn't, I would, when you arrive in a dimension, sometimes you're not all there. You're like half there, like half asleep and you know, that kind of thing. And I could, this, this dragon was trying to get, hey, come on, you know, you make it, get all there, just be all there right now. And I finally did get the, and then I realized this is a dragon. And it was, I was blown away because to be honest, I never believed in dragons, never, you know, dragons, that's for kids. That's my son, uh, stuff like that. And now I know that dragons, they actually have a realm. And when I came back from the dragon realm to earth, uh, in the days that followed, I was outside and I noticed the clouds and I said, look, the clouds, are shifting into, they look like dragons, not all the time, some of the time. And uh, I took pictures and I have like 120 videos of this on my YouTube. Uh, I have a YouTube uh, channel where uh, clouds look incredible, incredibly. I actually have a picture right here. I could actually show you. This is not, I don't know if you can see this one. Yeah, I see that definitely. All right, that that's not a that's not a trick or a Photoshop. That's an actual picture I took in front, 
And the odds that, so and there's another one, that one I took at night. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Let me ask you something real quick. You also mentioned that you would do a breathing technique and try to just, you know, help you decide what frequency or where you're going to go. Were you yes. doing this technique before you went to sleep or right when you lay down at, in your bed at night? Or did you do that after you kind of left your body? In the beginning, I didn't do the breathing exercises. I would just ask. And uh, then in, in, in the 80s, I got this book uh, on different breathing techniques. The book was called the uh, Yoga Upanishad. And uh, I got some uh, books on uh, pranayama, which are basically breathing in, you know, techniques that yogis. And I thought, and I felt that these techniques were way too complicated for me. There were two, you know, you have to have one nostril closed and you inhale for, wait for three. Then, and I was like, this is not working for me at all. Uh, but in the nineties, I met, I went into a channeling event in the United States, I stayed three years in the, in the United States in the nineties, and I met uh, uh, and this entity. This person was channeling an entity, and he gave a breathing technique to raise our energy and get the Kundalini working, so we could access other realms. And that's the technique I've been doing for twenty-five years. It's very simple. Uh, it's but it's uh, it works and it really works and uh, it's it's a it's a mixture. The technique is basically uh, you you exhale with force and you will your kundalini up your spine to your forehead. Then you 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 roll your eyes backwards. Just by rolling the eyes backwards, you you could feel the brain is actually shifting from uh something is happening in the brain the brain uh, most people i think most people don't know that the human body is actually a machine that is made to astrally travel to other dimensions we it's it god actually put that in the in the body a lot of uh, people in india i mean the, the yogis know that and uh shamans know that and you know uh aboriginal people know that and a lot of people know that but north american people and they don't know that they we we use the brain more uh, that part of the brain we don't want to touch we we most people don't use the brain to to uh to get out of the, they could use it telepathy and other but they don't and the way to do that is the easiest way to do that is to change our breathing pattern. And we do that all the time. Everybody does that because when you go to sleep at night, your, your breathing pattern changes and you fall into the sleep state. But you can't fall asleep if you breathe like you breathe in the daytime. So we basically, everybody does that. And, but it's a, it's a great exercise. Uh, it's for me. It's that's how I could actually attain the higher realms. I have to change my my breathing pattern, and then I I I kind of it's it, 
I can't say that I force myself in, in these realms because you can't really force yourself. You have to <clears throat> let go and, and you focus on that realm and you let go and you'll be like, you'll be brought there. Uh, for example, to, to make it to the angelic realm, I, I, I found out how to do it. And it's actually not that hard. I can tell you very easily. It, you have to think like an angel, or I, I should say you have to feel. They, they don't really think, they feel. And they're in, in the frequency, the, the angelic frequency is a frequency of gratitude. They're into a gratitude state. So if you focus on gratitude, you'll start to feel your body tingling and getting lighter. And, and then putting a lot of energy in, it takes about 40 minutes to do this between 20 and 40 minutes. You eventually, you'll feel that you expand and you'll be in the, uh, the angel realm. And when you come back, when uh, they actually sometimes, you, they pay you a visit, and that's what happened to me. And they, 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 it's like they follow you, and they, they tell you that's you, you. You didn't dream this, you know. I, I've, I have, I have pictures of uh, clouds in form of angels around the house when I do this. And you know, I took these pictures, and I was like, that, that can't be a coincidence that the clouds become like an angel, uh, and. Finally, they go away. But uh, so if, it is possible to access this. If we get back to dragons, did you interact with them? And if so, how I, were they? I guess I did interact with them. I have a video of me. Uh, actually, it's a pretty amazing video where there's a, there's a cloud. I'm outside. I'm, I did the, um, my focus session outside. The, the cloud turns, starts to look like a dragon and turns his face at me like I, I, to acknowledge that this you're not dreaming. And I'm all along I'm with my uh, camera. I have a beautiful camera and I've, I'm filming this and I'm trying to talk. But for me, um, all my experiences, there's no actual talking. I never communicate with entities with words. It's always energy and feelings and downloads. Uh, uh, for me, in, in the other realms, I've never had a, an actual conversation. Even one day, some entity was right in front of me, and he didn't say a word. He just looked at me, and I, I looked at him. and. Uh, I looked around and there was this this room, this actual funny room with all white, and you can't you couldn't see everywhere it was just white, and there was no end to this room. And uh, you know, that was it. Then I, I woke up and I said, What what was that? Who was that entity? Um uh, no talking. I don't and I guess I would be scared. Last time we talked, I, I was telling you about uh, this entity that appeared in my room physically and I, I'm sleeping. I woke up and I look around um, I, and there's a, this entity with his hand on my forehead. 
but he's not physical. He's like half physical. He's a sparkling light. And it's like three o'clock at night in, in the morning. It's pitch black and I could see him, you know, sparkling. And he, take, he takes his hand off and I saw these little balls of light coming out of his, of his hand. And inside each ball, there was a uh, geometric forms, really complex. And it went like, boop, 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 boop. It came out and he was right at the side of my bed. And I, then I, I just got a little bit scared and he vanished like that. And I was, oh, okay. They, they're really receptive. They don't want to scare us. He, I guess he was updating me or doing something. I don't know what. Um, but he followed, he clearly followed me to, uh, you know, I go to some places, I come back and there, and I think the entities that I'm in contact with are actually, um, they're, uh, they're happy that I'm doing this and they're saying, uh, we're going to help you. And, uh, you, you just, you're doing great. Keep on, keep on doing this. Uh, and they're, you know, they, uh, sometimes they just pop by and I, 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 I can tell that they're just checking. Am I doing progress? Uh, they're just checking, you know, they're happy to see that a human being has evolved enough that he understood that he could communicate with them. And that's, that's the, uh, but you know, it's, it's up to me to continue the journey of, uh, a perfection to, to get my communication skills better, but I'm getting better every day at this. What do you think is the number one reason why people are unable to astral travel? I would say that people think that they live in a physical world and they do, but a lot of people actually think that reality is just physical. And I, and I, since I've been a little boy, I know that reality is is not fit. It is, but at the same time, it's made of energy and consciousness. And uh, once you realize that this is basically just a dream, uh, it's a hologram, we're living in a hologram, basically, it's easier to, uh, to realize that it's not that hard to get out of the, of, of the body. And it's not scary. A lot of people, they see movies on the, you know, we've been watching these horrible Hollywood movies and there, there's always these monsters and there's always something bad and evil out there that's going to get you. And that scares people. And actually, I've been doing this for a, a few decades now and I've never seen that. All I saw was uh, beautiful entities, except on one occasion, when I went through the uh, the kind of hell, but the other realms are are great and strange sometimes, but you know, there's there's actually nothing that's gonna get you there. Uh, that's waiting to. They're, 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 they don't have that power. I think that these entities know that everybody is a divine being, and there's no, you know. They, they actually respect your, uh, they're very respectful. The only place I went that people had absolutely no respect is where these, uh, you know, that low astral, uh, we, you get 
murderers and uh, all kinds of nasty people. Well, they're, they're, they're like stuck there. They can't move from that, that, that realm. They could, but they, but they don't want to because they don't want to change their attitude. How do we avoid that place? Well, I could tell you when I went there, I was in a bad, I was in a bad state of, of my, uh, you know, in a ways I had that frequency within me. So it brought me there. Uh, the universe is like a, a mirror uh, from what we have within. So if I'm in a bad state, uh, you know, if I'm angry or I got some, uh, you know, thoughts that I, uh, I don't, now I don't really, but if I'm pissed off well, for whatever, I'm not going to do a focus. Now I know because it's going to amplify that. And I might find myself with other people in another realm who are, you know, on that kind of a frequency level. So now I, I uh, but you can also, at night, you could, you just make a prayer, uh, you, you, uh, that you are protected with unconditional love. And, uh, but it's also good when you travel and you have to um, realize that it's important to be in a sovereignty mindset. I know that wherever I go, I don't want to see no one tell me, oh, you have to do this or that, because uh, that would be a, a sign that you're in a, a wrong place. Because when you go to the higher realms, nobody bugs you. Uh, I've been, one day I was, um, I went to a place that was a beautiful castle, incredible. It was like purple, like, I don't know, many hundreds of, of feet high. It was actually probably what they call the, uh, the golden plain of paradise. People were relaxed, chilling. Nobody bothered. Nobody's scared of anything. There's no thieves. You don't have to lock your door. It's a, and I was able to access that place. You can't stay very long. You can go there, take a peek, stay for a few minutes. It's hard to tell how long you were there because the time is different. But once I'm, I come back, I look at my clock. I know how long I was gone in the physical. But in the other realms, I'm, I never know how long I was gone. And then I come back and that the energy of that place, that kingdom, follows me. And it takes sometimes, it, it could take like even to, up to two years for me to process the experience. Sometimes they're so intense it's such like I'm going there, it's over. I come back and I'm like blown away. And I have all this knowledge coming. I, I guess I got some updates. My DNA was updated. Uh, it, you know, it's it's hard for me. Back then, uh, not a few years ago, I had a job and I, and you know, the next morning I have to go to work and I sometimes uh, I couldn't. I you know I had to take a three day break because. I would go to work and I could barely speak to people. I, I would wanted to tell them, hey, I met an angel. And they would look like, what? You know, I went to a realm, there's a dragon. They'll think I'm totally nuts. Uh, you know, I don't want that. So uh, uh, luckily I have a, a, my best friends, my, uh, my, my, my best pals, they all know that they, they've been with me when strange things happen around me so they know that i'm not some lunatic you know they they've seen 
they've seen the, the clouds turn into dragon. They've seen uh, uh, one of my, uh, my, my son has seen that with me. Uh, one of my best friends has seen a ship with me because there's, you know, I, I, last time I told you about my, uh, my horrible experience in, into a, a ship. Do you remember the, the abduction? Um, so can you tell us about that again? That was, uh, that was in 1995, actually. That was, in, I was in the United States. I went to, uh, I was near Mount Rainier with uh, my girlfriend and my best friend in a pickup driving in, in the daytime. And uh, my, my friend said, hey, look up there in the sky. There's something weird. So I, I, in the pickup, I said, what the hell is that? I, I stopped the pickup. We go outside. There is a silver ship in the air, not moving, totally. And uh, me and my friend, we started laughing for some reason. We were like, wow, this is great. You know, I, you know, a, a real UFO. And my, my girlfriend, she, she went white. Her face just, she was like totally scared. And um, after like a few minutes just looking at it, I, I think obviously the, uh, the people in the ship or the entities, they, they, they knew or were, we had spotted them. They just went like the, the speed they, from not going from zero, not moving to, to the speed was the eyes, my eyes can follow it. So I go back home with her and, um, uh, I think I don't remember how many days after that I wake up and I'm in the ship. I don't know if that's the ship. I don't know. And I am terrified. I am. This, I, I've never been so scared in all my life. You can't move. You're on the table. It's, it's like the temperature is different. It's hot, humid. It's like a tropical, which is weird. And it, and I know I'm not dreaming because in dreams, I don't know if you notice, there's no temperature, right? You don't feel temperature in dreams. Now I'm in this place, I can't move. And it's, I've been there for a while. And uh, it's, it's not dark, but it's, it, the light is very low. And uh, <clears throat> the next day, the same, I think it's the next day or the day after that, the same thing happens. Uh, I met, uh, not too long after that, I meet someone, and uh, I think I tell I tell the, this lady about my experience, and sh and she tells me about her experience, which is very similar. And she says, "All you have to do is, with authority, just say, hey, you can't do this. You have to release me. I'm a divine being, and that's it.'" So that went into my brain. And uh, actually, after that, it never happened again. I, I said, all right, you're right. I have to take more of a sovereign. Uh, you know, I could actually say, you, and I don't know, uh, there's, there's no other, all my memory has been wiped out of, of these events. But uh, the, 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 the fear and the, the, it was so amazing that it was unnatural. I was so scared. That I, it's like I, I felt that they were controlling my fear level. It's like they, they had access to, say, for example, your fear level is going to be at 100. So you're actually frozen in fear, which 
never happens to me. I'm never frozen in fear. And I had these, you know, scary events in my life. And never would I be afraid like that. So uh, a few years ago, I met, uh, I was supposed to go to have a, a hypnotic regression to relive this experience. I, I found someone who does that in Montreal. And I asked my son if he wanted to come with me because I didn't want to go alone uh, to be hypnotized in front of this stranger. And he said, yeah. And uh, I thought about it. Then I said, you know what? I don't even want to remember this. Maybe it's the best thing for me is to have my, my mind, you know, the, whatever happened there, maybe my, my mind was erased. And that's actually a good thing. I don't want to remember this reptilian entity in front of me no i don't i rather you know maybe he's friendly but i would be you know so i said i'm not doing it so from i've turned the page on that event now and uh, it never happened again because now i actually i actually say that i i don't want to live that again and uh so i took that kind of event you know so i don't think it's going to happen again because I, I decided to create that reality, that kind of reality. Tell us about how you met the entity who pushed over the mirror. Well, the entity who pushed over the mirror, I finally met him on the 16th or the 15th, I'm not sure, of August 2019. I was doing the, uh, my, my, my uh, you know, I usually, I got my blinders. I put my special New Age music that I have, and uh, after uh, I do this 40 minutes where I go into the angelic realm, I take my uh, my blinders off. Uh, right here where I live, there's a lake in front and there's a forest, and I look in the sky and right in front of me, and in the daytime, uh, there's this angel floating, not moving, and I am, the energy coming off, we're like locked. We 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 will like become one. And for 20 minutes, he doesn't move, and I'm in bliss. I am I'm in total bliss of first of all, the beauty of an angel is uh, you're speechless. They're they're they don't look like, you know, painters, they paint angels, they show a man with wings. They don't actually look like that. They're way, it's even more beautiful, more divine. It's uh, it's hard to describe. I've made some paintings of that look a little bit, I don't know if you can see that one, but, um, and uh, I actually, I so for 20 minutes, I, I was able to ask questions to this entity. And, get a whole bunch of answers. Uh, I, he wouldn't talk, but answers were just coming like from within me and like the incredibly deep answers. And uh, basically, I, I after that, I, I really wanted to know who was this entity. And I contacted uh, Daniel Scranton. I don't know if you know Daniel Scranton. The name sounds familiar, but I don't think I've had him as a guest. He's a famous channeler. So I actually booked a, a round, you know, a, a session, a Zoom session with him, a personal Zoom session. And I, I told him the experience. I said, can you channel 
that entity that that and he said yes he did actually i and uh, it's archangel michael and i was aha then i asked him uh, about when i was 10 years old if it was him and he said yes that was me and i was you know trying to uh intervenes because your time on earth was it wasn't your time to leave and uh, for example on the 9-11 incident uh, accident the same i think it was archangel michael again who helped me to move away from the tower because i was at the wrong place at the worst time you could possibly be i was you know the plane had hit the tower and I was at the plaza and papers were falling from the sky. And I was, you know, I had, if the towers would have fallen, well, I would have the most amazing death because of a hundred ten story building to fall on you would have been a, quite an experience, but um, it wasn't my time. And I'm, I'm very glad that it wasn't my time. And, uh, uh, that was a brutal day. I, I, I had uh, after that day was over. I went back to Montreal, and I, I had uh, PTSD for two years. I couldn't. Uh, uh, each time there was a fire truck going by, my the hair in my back would lift, and I was like, because there were so many firemen and the noise, and the tower falling, and all that. Uh, just, I was actually traumatized, and. That morning, I was planning on working. I, I wasn't mentally prepared to, to see a huge building fall and, and with thousands of people dying. And that's, that, that is a rough, that was a rough day for me and for everybody. But to be there personally, uh, it, was, uh, it was horrible. And to see all these, the people on the street crying and in and, and desperation, uh, what a what a nightmare that was! But I I, I survived it, and it's just, it's a crazy story. It's a true story. Some people I make I'd say that I make that make it up, but no, I was actually in the subway when the the two planes hit the towers, and I got stuck in the subway because it wasn't moving anymore, and. I I went out. I I was in this station. I didn't know what station it was. It was finally, I, I learned after that, it was Cortland Station. I, uh, I make it out of the Cortland Station and I, I realized that I'm in front of the World Trade Center. And instead of going in the exact opposite direction, I go towards, because I, I saw the papers falling from the sky. I didn't know it was, I didn't know there was a plane. I didn't know nothing because I was, uh, you know, and uh, while I was there, uh finally i businessmen people were coming out of the other towers and some some guy came up to me and uh he looked at me very surprised actually he looked at me with fear in his eyes and i was like why is this guy afraid of me because i'm not you know and i had this big pack sack with me because i was doing my act i was doing my my uh i was working as a busker in Battery Park, I was going to Battery Park doing my my busking, and he actually probably thought that I had a bomb. After that, I realized, oh, that's why he was scared because he probably thought, you know, 
there's been an explosion in a tower. Maybe there's this guy with a bomb in his pack sack. And he told me, you shouldn't be here. And I, and I looked at him and I said, you're right. I, what, what the hell am I doing here? And uh, so I slowly moved away, walked to Battery Park, and uh, was actually looking at the towers and speaking to someone who, uh, who said, hey, I saw the plane. And I said, oh, so there was a plane. And like a few seconds after that, the tower collapsed, all came down, and all the dust just went towards me and all the people there. And people were throwing their suitcases. There was a lot of people dressed in business suits, Wall Street people, and there were suitcases everywhere. And uh, I just crouched down. There was nowhere, nowhere to run, and I had my bag, and I said, you know, I'm just going to stick here. And uh, I took my, uh, uh, you know, I just covered myself not to breathe the dust. And this lady came up to me and we both huddled together and we stayed there for a while, uh, trying not to, to, to breathe the dust. And after uh, whatever, I forgot how much time uh, the dust cleared a little bit and I could see, you know, where the towers were that it wasn't there anymore. And the, that the actual, there was two towers and I, did, I didn't even hear the other one fall. And I was like, wow, I couldn't believe this. A few seconds ago, I was, a few minutes ago, I was there and they're, they're so big. You can't even imagine that they're, they're not gonna be there. And uh, there's one thing I, I, sh I should say, I don't know if uh, I should say this, but I'm gonna tell it because this is true. And I didn't say it last time. While I was in front of the uh, the twin uh, of that tower, uh, the the World Trade Center tower, there was like I, I just came out of the, the subway and nobody's there, it's like no one there, just paper, and I'm 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 in front of the tower and I'm looking at the tower and I could see in front of my of me and I, I look at it, it's like reality was dissolving in front of me and I said. What is going on here? And I stayed there for a few seconds looking at this phenomenon. I said, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, and that's where the guy came. And I said, okay, I'm out of here. This is such a weird place. Uh, and, and in my mind, in my mind, I, you know, because they were so high, I looked and I said, okay, this is, the, the, the firemen are coming. They're going to take, they're going to probably extinguish this fire. So I'm going to go to Battery Park and, and do my act. Uh, which was, you know, when the towers fell, it took me five hours to walk back to uh, the youth hostel, which I was living on, 119th Street, which is in Harlem. Uh, there was no subways after that. And so, and I stayed like three days in New York. I couldn't get out. They closed the city. There was no way to get out. Uh, and I waited like three days before they allowed people to get out. And I was uh, into the uh, Greyhound bus that went back to Montreal. And when I was in, uh, in New York, I don't, I don't know if you remember, most people forgot that, but like, I think, I'm, I'm not sure how many days after the, uh, the, the towers collapsed, there was another plane that fell in New York. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Oh, yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it, it didn't fall it, right in the city. It fell not too far away. And I was like, whoa, this is, I mean, there's, there's, there was a, an accident. And, uh, you know, I'm sure people uh, 
who know, uh, we'll check that online and see that I'm not making this up. But uh, the reason I was in New York is, I think the reason this happened to me is, like I was saying on the other time, is that that was my greatest fear. I actually manifested my greatest fear was to be in New York while this, you know, this something bad would happen because I, I, I had seen this in movies. There's always these nuclear bombs and happening in New York is going to be destroyed by, and I, I was always fearful of that. And guess what? I actually attracted to be there at the wrong time to, to live and to go through that fear. So it's a crazy story, but it's true. And uh, mm -hmm. so. Can you tell us more about how you think that we're living in a hologram? Yeah, well, the hologram, uh, that's, a, that's a tough one to talk about it because when I kind of ascend my consciousness into the higher realms, you can see the hologram. And when I go back into, you know, my daily living and natural consciousness, which I, I kind of lose that expansion and I can't see actually, I, I can't even understand it. But once you, you, you really raise your frequency, you can, you can start to actually see that rea reality is a hologram and it's a, uh, it's 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 hard to explain but we are indeed living into a hologram and on earth um we live in a matrix and that's not the same as a hologram a matrix is uh is created by humans as the hologram it's, it's a natural thing a hologram is natural i think a hologram is created by by god from point zero the levels is that's you know we we think they're but I, I I can't really explain it. But I know we're living in a hologram. That's that that's the experience I had. But my you know maybe someday some scientists will be able to 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 put uh, maybe not I don't know how many decades. Eventually, I think I think people will realize that. Actually, I think when we make contact with aliens, we're, they're already here. But when they show themselves. Well, they'll tell us we're living in a hologram and people are going to freak out because it's going to be a big one to swallow. <laughs> it's going to be like, what? Yeah. You, What's you, the name of your YouTube channel? It's called uh, Dragon Cloud. Dragon Cloud. And uh, there's like 120 videos. And I actually, there's a video of me who, who tells you how I... I basically, for 20 minutes, explain how I raise my consciousness to open portals where uh, clouds appear in like dragons or angels. And uh, I explain the technique quite well, I think. Well, you could, I'll maybe uh, update it soon because the, the video is like two, three years old and I'll make a better one soon. If somebody wants to ask you questions, should they do that from your YouTube channel or from somewhere else? Yeah, from my YouTube channel. And I'll ask, yeah, no problem. I, I got, I, there's, it's not very popular channel. There's like 300 or 400 people there that it's, it's, I guess it's too out of the box. It's too strange. Uh, 
But uh, I think dragons uh, are becoming more and more popular. You know, they're, they're, there's dragons. Almost every culture of the world has dragons, if you think about it. And that's no coincidence. People used to see them. Uh, I mean, see the clouds. I don't think they were ever on Earth in the physical, but they were... They're, they're energy beings, and when they come on Earth, they, they f you could see them in the clouds. And they, they're, uh, but you, to see them, you have to like raise a little bit your, your consciousness, your frequency. You, you probably, if you're having a miserable day, you're not going to see them. But if you're having a, a really good day and you're happy, and you look, look at the clouds, and you might, uh, uh, they'll come by. If you're if you're if you're at the right frequency, they'll, they'll come by and say a little hello. Eric, before we finish up, can you leave us yes. with one last positive message? One trick that I like to give to people, uh, because a lot of people, I, I I've heard this from people who want to manifest stuff in their in their life. For example, let's say you want whatever it is, a new car or this or that. I, I like to share this trick that I learned and it works. If you try to manifest something in your life, it's important not to want, not to want it. Because if you, for example, let's say you want a new car and you, if you focus on having a new car, act like you have the car. You, you have to be in a fulfilled state. The car is there or whatever object you want or whatever, don't want. It's important that if you, if you focus on wanting, if you want something, the universe will mirror that. And if you want, it'll, it'll well, it won't give you because you want it. You'll, you'll stay in the state of wanting it. So the, one, the best thing is never to want something. Always act like you have it. If you want to uh, speak to an angel, well, speak to him like he's there, and he'll he'll be there. Uh, that I noticed. That's uh, one of the secrets. That is, uh, we we want too much. We should act like what we want is already there, and feel it, and, and actually say thank you. It's already there, and. Uh, Things go way faster. You're gonna, you'll be able to manifest a lot of stuff that way. Eric, thank you for that message. And thank you no again problem. for being my guest. Thank you very much, Jeff. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.